The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. Are you ready? From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. Yes, hello, greetings, sympathies, condolences, because here we are, still quarantine nation, all of us. But this is Dave, and this is the Boston Podcast, and you've tuned in to maybe get a little bit of advice, maybe some fun, or... Maybe you've just run out of everything to binge on Netflix and you got to the final Netflix screen, which says, nicely done, you have no life. Oh, that's just a joke, folks. This is Dave. Welcome to the Boston Podcast. If you like this podcast, please share it with a friend or a neighbor. Uh, Just don't go near the neighbor. Just hit the share button and share it from at least six feet away. (laughs) Quarantine joke. All right. Let's get on with things because we're going to talk sports because don't you miss sports? My God, do I miss sports? And I'm sick of watching these sixth game of the 1975 World Series over and over again on a loop because there's only so much Bernie Carbo and Bill Lee that one man can take. I have a guest here who is the architect of a great website called Just College Football. He's a college football freak, and he's going to tell us in part about a new podcast he's launching this summer. The podcast must go on. Sports must go on. Say hello to Steve Heigl. He's here. Steve. That's our studio audience, Steve. Might as well enjoy that kind of applause and cheering because we're not going to hear it again in real time for a long time, you know, right? How are you? Good. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. Where, where, uh, remind me, where are you geographically in the world? I live just north of Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, it's a city's called Cockeysville, Maryland. It's probably about 20 minutes south of the Pennsylvania line. And who are you, who are you, before we go any further into all this stuff, which I'm excited to talk about, because frankly, it's a welcome change of pace from all the quarantine talk. Who are your teams who, if you had to rank pro teams and college teams, maybe give us the top three of who you live and die for, who would they be? Uh, let's see, pro teams, uh, Baltimore Ravens football, mm-hmm. um, for that'd be number one, college teams for basketball, be North Carolina Tar Heels. Um, are you an alum of North Carolina? No, I am not. Oh, I've just always not. been a fan growing sure. up. I kind of got hooked on them when, you know, Michael Jordan and James Worthy and then Kenny Smith and stuck with them ever since. Um, yeah. and I guess third would be soccer. And I've always been a big Real Madrid fan. For all Whoa. Soccer. Eclectic mix. I love it. Yeah. The Baltimore Ravens. I, I don't like them because I'm a Patriots fan. <laughs> so you'll appreciate that we don't like each other. I mean, when it comes to that anyway. I used to be colleagues with a guy named, great guy named Chris Eddings, who was the publisher of the Baltimore Daily Record, which is a, a daily business newspaper. And he sat on a panel alongside, oh, uh, Brian Billick. Was it Brian Billick who won the, was the coach of the, for the first time? First the, Super Bowl, first okay. time so yeah, he was, he was actually got a chance to meet him and and Brian Billick, during his remarks, he said, it was nice to meet Chris Eddings today. I don't understand why his paper doesn't have a sports section. And everybody laughed. It's a, it's, it was a straight business paper. Like, you just simply wouldn't find sports in it. 
And so later when it came time for Chris to give his remarks, he said, if the Ravens ever win the Super Bowl, we'll do a sports section. And so he zinged him pretty good. And then a couple of years later, they win the Super Bowl. And my <laughs> friend Chris made good on it and created the first ever sports section for the paper. That's my that's little, awesome. yeah, that's my little Ravens. So tell me first, just college football. Tell me about the site. Tell me about, um, you know, the things that you've got on there that people would be interested in and in, in your passion for college, college football. Yes. Uh, the three major facets of the site, um, are going to be stadium reviews. I'm going to travel to all 130, uh, FBS stadiums starting this fall, hopefully oh, assuming the season starts on time. Um, mm-hmm. I was going to kick it off with a three day, uh, weekend, Labor Day weekend trip to Connecticut army and Rutgers up through the Northeast. Um, so hopefully that, like I said, hopefully the game start in late August on time. Uh, the second facet of the website is a ranking system, like rating system. If you follow college football or diehard fan, uh, the rating system is built to align itself sort of the same way as the college football playoff ranking system, but it's a little different. I tweeted, I built it myself. Um, I'm looking forward to launching that this season and it'll be updated weekly on the website. Uh, and the third part of the website, main part of the website will be the podcast, which I'm going to kick off this summer. I've got probably 50 guests uh, already lined up, hoping to do it at least once a week, if not twice a week. Uh, and carry all the way through the college football season, uh, bringing on a guest each time to talk to me about college football, whether it be a writer, analyst, um, media, anyone that is an expert in college football, have on the website. And be looking for more guests too. So if anybody's listening, would like to be a guest, just reach out to me. Be happy. uh, Twitter at Steve Eagle. Be happy to speak to you about being a guest on the podcast. That's Twitter at Steve. I mispronounced your name, Steve. Sorry. It's, oh, it's okay. Eagle. So that at Steve. And then it's, uh, if I'm not mistaken, H-I-E-G-E-L. Yes, just right. like Eagle with an H, H-I-E-G-E-L, yes. Okay, very good. Um, now, you said that, um, I don't, I don't want to let you get away with this. You said you're going to visit how many stadiums? Plan on visiting them all, not all, of course, next year. Uh, I'm going to try to average about 10 a season. Um, okay. It's a good, so it, it's good not news. just to go there, you're going to attend a game? Attend a, oh, yeah, okay. attend a game right. and kind of right. just take in the experience. I'll write about it afterward. Anything from tailgating to the food they offer to the fan base to um, what the experience is like going to a game. Hopefully this fall with games, it's kind of I know up in the air with the coronavirus, you know, mm-hmm. everything that's going on. Hopefully the games can have fans in the stadiums. And uh, I might put that part of the website, unfortunately, on hold because it's not really much an experience. If you go to a game, there's three people there and just the players playing. So yeah. we're going to have to see how things, how things change in the next couple of months. Hopefully they change for the better. Yeah. No question. Could you actually see a day where, or maybe you know, that, that has there been talk of, I know there's been talk of other sports being played without crowds, and I saw a bit of a, a Japanese baseball game, which, let's face it, it looked really boring. I don't know. Could, <laughs> especially with college sports and college football, the crowd is so much part of the game, right? Is there a chance that they might do that? I I think yes and no. I think they could possibly play the games with maybe about a third of the attendance, meaning they have the social distancing, so everyone seat four, sit four and five seats apart. They'd only let 20,000 or so people into the stadium. Um, I think you'd probably have to sign a waiver to go to the game. You Boy, know, this is going to suck. Risk. Yeah, <laughs> it would be your own risk. I mean, I think, I think you're maybe looking at that at least at the beginning of the season. Um, I, there's so many things that happen they're going to take place before then though. So we'll know sooner rather than later. Um, yeah. They're going to have to call on the experts and figure out the best way to do this. Cause it's obviously never been done before. I can remember 
post 9-11, I went to the um, famous game, the final game in the old Foxborough Stadium for the Patriots, which became known as the snow game or the tuck rule game, depending upon what. Oh, cool. Yeah. And, um, but the security was very, that was shortly after 9-11. So the, and it was a huge playoff game. The security was very tight. It took a long time to get into the stadium. Um, and, you know, it's, it's just like days are happening now. The attitude among most people was, well, everybody calm down. There's a good reason why they're doing this, right? But a buddy of mine was, <laughs> he was just trying to make his way through the crowd in a, in a cop on a horse just kind of got really close to him and the horse's face came right up into my buddy's face, scared him, scared him shitless. Uh, so, uh, and, and with, with the college crowd and college kids, geez, it's, it's just kind of depressing to, to think that, that, you know, we're going to have people sitting, you know, go take your son to the game and, and you can, you, I guess you can sit next to the family member you come with, but then you have to, there has to be a buffer zone of five seats in between. Who knows? I right? think so. Yeah. I think that might be the case. I mean, we'll see. There's also talk that uh, if students on certain schools aren't on campus, then there's those schools don't want to have games at all because they figure with those students on campus, why are we going to have a college football game when there's always going to, only people that are going to be in the crowd, maybe a few alumni. I, I don't know. There's a lot to, there's a lot to, that's going to happen in the next three to four months to decide things. So we'll it, see. What yeah, happens. it's the weirdest thing. My my son was recently recently uh, accepted an offer to attend uh, UMass uh, the UMass Honors College, which is the this honors um, <clears throat> program in the University of Massachusetts in Amherst, and he's very very excited. But I know that's part of him that thinks, "Geez, I hope I'm actually going." Do you have you have yeah. uh, you have kids yourself, uh, Steve? No kids. Okay. No kids. No. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's, I mean, that'd be very interesting to see. Cause I mean, I guess in the fall, he might just be starting, depending on things, how things turn out, maybe just starting taking online classes at his house. Which know, is staying. so depressing yeah. to think depressing. that, but you know, you start your college experience that way. Yeah. Where did you go to school, Stu? I went to Towson University, which is in okay. Towson, Maryland. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. I graduated from there in the year 2000. Uh, and we just have memories of, you know, we have oh, you showing off that you're, you're a lot younger than I am. Thanks a lot. No, <laughs> I, um, and you just such memories of that first day and, and, you know, driving up, whether it's with your parents. I think I, my parents drove me up and to Philly, which was a, you know, a long trek for us, but to move me in and how nervous and excited I was. And imagine if the, f- <laughs> the first day of school is, okay, here's your, here's your here's Zoom. Your yeah, here's yeah. your Zoom call info for your first orientation session. Yeah. Anyway, but let's, uh, let's talk happier thoughts. What, what, what sort of folks are you going to have on the podcast? We talking, um, I know you mentioned before, but give us a little bit more color of that. And if you can mention a couple of guests, that'd be great, but tell us. Yeah, I've lined up a bunch of, I don't want to mention names yet because I've okay. lined up a bunch of guests. I haven't really, of course, put dates to them yet. Um, college football writers that write for, you know, the athletic or, you know, smaller, you know, like preseason magazines like Athlon Sports and, of course, Lindy Sports, Street and Smiths, um, college football analysts that you'll see on a regular basis doing a Saturday afternoon game, whether it's at Notre Dame or, you know, or Tulane or uh, Alabama, LSU, wherever they may be, mm-hmm. um, and just other experts as well um, that are just just basic college football experts or writers for USA Today or any of the other major newspapers across the country. Why do you like college football so much? And I'm going to go ahead and guess that you prefer it to the pro ranks, but tell me. Yes, I prefer it to pro ranks. Um, I just think it's it's just much more of a more open game. I think when you watch a pro game now, and I still love pro football, but 
it, it's almost when you see a big play in pro football, you just wait to see the flag on the field now. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's, that's what it's come to me. It's like, you see, wow, that was a great 75-yard pass and touchdown, and then all of a sudden, oh, wait, that doesn't really count. Well, they got to come back, and they got referees come on the field. Um, as college, it's still a fast-moving game, um, and I just think it's just much more – I just think it can be much more exciting. It, it seems like the program is, is very good still, but it can be very dull at times with all the penalties and, 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 you know, I don't know. It just seems yeah, like it's the holdups and yeah. And, and, and all, of course, also the reviews on every, on, it seems like almost every play. Now. The reviews. Like, and I mean, I think the program has always been this way. Uh, if you're a TV viewer of a game, I think the program is going to naturally move slower because they, they build more ads in there. Which, by the way, if you've ever been to a, I mean, I've been to a few over the years, but uh, <clears throat> evening games, uh, nighttime games, Sunday night games, it, it, I'm talking about in the pros or Monday night football games, you find yourself, and it's annoying, particularly if it's cold, like you find yourself sitting there for what feels like eons because they've just taken a commercial and you know th- those those games get huge ratings and so they're pumping all that in there. That's true. Any, um, What's your favorite uh, stadium that you've been to, college sports? Um, well, I've only been to a handful so far of college football stadiums. Um, we could, uh, we could include other sports as well if you want. Oh, okay. Um, let's see my favorite stadium. Hmm. Probably the best stadium I've been to in terms of just stadiums overall baseball stadium was, uh, and there was baseball stadium was San Francisco's. Um, mm-hmm. and they changed the name of it. I apologize because of the, it was bought by someone else. It was called Pat Bell park at one point, maybe three com park now, but it's right in San Francisco. Right. You know, it looks the Bay. If you've ever course, been there, yeah. beautiful. Yeah, I have not. Stadium. Yeah, I have not been. And my brother been, sends me pictures. He lives in San Fran. Yeah, that is a beautiful park. If you've been to Oakland too, it's like it's like night and day. You'll go to Oakland's and it's there's like there's like maybe ten thousand people there, and mm-hmm. <laughs> and you can park three three feet away from the from the gate and walk in. And San Francisco is is just is a hundred times nicer. So yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the 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 cool thing about um, college sports is it just feels more. Um, spontaneous and I mean, almost, almost like a reckless feeling in, in, in a, when, when the crowd is really into it because you've got the passion of these kids and the kids on the field, I think pound for pound, they, they care. I mean, it sounds cynical to say, but I think they care more about winning than a pro athlete would because for a lot of them, they're not going to the pros. They, they, they're not, they're not paying for money. They're, they really truly want to be there. Do you have do you have memories of big time games that you've been to? Yeah, uh, most recently I went to the Ohio State Clemson uh, college football playoff game last December mm-hmm. um, in Phoenix, Arizona. When I was out there, um, great game. Um, I mean, it was it was amazing to see a big time game like that. It was a semifinal game. Clemson defeated Ohio State. It was a real close game. It came down to the final thirty seconds, but. Yeah, I mean, just those two fan bases, especially Ohio State's. I mean, they're probably the stadium was probably seventy percent Ohio State fans. Amazing how many of those fans traveled from Ohio, from you know Columbus or near Columbus or all over the country to Phoenix for mm-hmm. that game. You yeah. know how how big? I mean, they're they're definitely one of the top ten fan bases out there. How, how did I? I'm forgetting. How did that game turn out? Clemson won. Uh, there was an interception in the last thirty seconds. Um, that Justin Fields threw from Ohio State, the quarterback, and Clemson intercepted the ball and just ran out the clock. They won by, I believe, five points, I believe, 28 to 23, if I remember so correct. So, But Ohio State was driving right at the end of the game. It was going to be an incredible ending. So, 
I spaced out. Were you talking about the San Francisco uh, baseball park or the? Yes, the, baseball park. Sorry. Yeah, it's called Oracle Park now, which I had, exactly. I had to look it up. Yeah, that. Yeah, I know they changed. It was Pac Bell or 3Com. I know they right. changed the name a couple of times. The different companies buying it. I couldn't remember the exact name. I went about. This was about four or five years ago. My brother lived in San Francisco, and I, my parents went out and visited him, and um, we went to a game there. So that's when I saw it. It was, and that's that's the best baseball stadium I've seen. I'm trying to remember. Like, have you ever been to a bowl game? Um, college football. Yeah. That was the first, uh, play. Well, the playoff kind of, oh, that, game. That's a, that's... Fiesta, yeah, it was Fiesta Bowl. Yeah. That was the first, no, excuse me. The second, I went to the Fiesta Bowl at, uh, as well about 10 years ago when Notre Dame lost to Ohio state in Phoenix, it was at least 10 years ago when they had, um, uh, the quarterback was Troy Smith, the Heisman trophy winner in sure. 2005, I think it was anyways with that game too. That's the only two bowl games I've ever been to. I've only been to one. I went to the cotton bowl. I want to say in the, I don't know, it was in the 90s. It was, and it was Miami against uh, Texas. And oh, you, okay. you would think Texas would have the home field advantage, hook them horns and all that, because the game's in Dallas. I don't know if I said that. Cotton Bowl is in Dallas. Anyway, yeah. um, at the time. And uh, uh, Texas had a tough team, but that was still the, the Jimmy Johnson, Miami Hurricane teams. And they were not at the top, top, top of the game, but they were still very tough and as annoying as all hell. And, you know, they had the, the Dolphins, you know, the U. I'm doing the U thing for the uh, home, home, you can't see. But um, they had, um, I think they broke the bowl record. They killed the, the, the Longhorns, but they broke the bowl record for penalty yardage. They had, they, at one point, they were facing uh, first and 40. They had, got, they had gotten two somehow on the same play, two 15 yard unsportsmanlike conduct penalties that were both enforced. And so it was first and 40 and they made it because they were that good. Um, so tell us um, if people have uh, suggestions, you mentioned this, but let's repeat it. It's worth repeating. Um, people have suggestions for guests. People have suggestions for topics for your pod or for your site. I take it best ways to tweet you. You said, right. Tweet me at, at, at Steve Hegel uh, on Twitter, or you can also email me. Uh, email address is pretty easy to just college football at gmail.com. So it's pretty easy to remember J U S T college football, all spelled out at gmail.com. Um, yeah. And back to games that I'd mentioned too, that I've one game I always want to go to and I hopefully go to in the next two to three seasons is the red river game in early October between Oklahoma and Texas. That's, nice. That, that looks like a game that, that it's a great game every year. It looks like an incredible atmosphere. I'd love to see it in person. If there was one interview you could get for your pod, we, I don't know if we should play living or dead. That'd be cool <laughs> to have a dead person pod. No. Um, who, who would that be? Who are the, your favorite like personalities in college? I'd sports? say for on college game day, uh, Lee Corso. Mm. So if you ever watch college sure, game yeah, day. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. On ESPN. I love to have him yeah. on. Yeah. He's I good. He has a, a good chemistry with the pretty boy there. Kirk Herb street. Right. <laughs> um, it's funny how some athletes, they just, can, if you can think of a few, throw them out, but you're, you're unprepared, so I'm putting you on the spot. Okay. There, are some peop, there are some athletes that even though they go on to the pros, they're better identified with their college careers, right? There was a funny ad um, on, I forget who, the, I think it might have been even an ESPN ad where it was like the, the old home for college athletes or people who shined in college. I remember Brian Bosworth was in there. <laughs> and somebody like Ty Detmer or someone there, 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 there are always those cool QBs that are better known for their, 
for their college Matt Leinard, years. Matt Leinard would be one. That's the one I was trying to think of. It wasn't Ty Detmer. It was Matt Leinard. He was in that ad. Yeah, that's that's funny. Well, now he's on Fox uh, College Football on Saturdays, on, on Saturday mornings with uh, him and Urban Meyer, and I believe Reggie Bush is on the pregame show as well. Um, and they do that show. And, yeah, Matt Leinard was definitely a better, much better college quarterback than a pro quarterback. Um, I guess back in the day, uh, Jeff George. That's right. Yeah. Well, yeah, he didn't, he didn't do himself too many favors after he turned pro. Although, I mean, he had some moments, but never really. Rocket Ismail is another one. Yeah. The Rocket. Man, I, yeah, I remember his prime. Again, you're younger than I, but do you remember the bowl game that he played in? I want to say it was, I think it was a championship game. But anyway, for, for, for Notre Dame, he had, um, he was just electric as both a receiver and a, a return guy. And I just remember this moment in, a, in, I believe it was a bowl game. If not, it was a critical game down the stretch. And the only way they were going to win is if he took the punt back for a touchdown with like, you know, less than two minutes left or something. Sure enough, he jukes, he jives, he runs all the way for a TD and there's a flag on the play. And it was, a, it was, it was you know, illegal block in the back or something. But You can actually say, too, that um, I just know this from being a Ravens fan, his brother, I think it was really Quadri Ismail. Yeah, Quadri Ismail, yeah. Well, he had a better pro career than The Rocket did. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I just think back to Quadri def- definitely had a better pro career than The Rocket did. Rocket did almost nothing in the pros. I can't really think of anything he did. In the pros. Yeah, no, he, he might have had a couple moments like returning kicks, but you're, you're right. Quadri was a legit wide receiver. Of course, I'm a nerd, so the reason I remember that is because I lost. Uh, uh, I think I lost a fantasy football championship because Kadri Esmail like went crazy and had like, you know, two hundred and forty yards receiving or something. Um, are, if you could, um, are there any rules that you you were talking about rules earlier? And there are certain rules that we all hate. And I don't know if the NFL has got the instant replay thing correct or not. But are there any rules that you would change either in college or the pros? Um, good question. Um... The pros, I think the one thing they should change is I think they need to raise the number of challenges they get each game mm-hmm. and also allow them to challenge anything where it's like certain things you want to challenge, you can't challenge, or you, right. can challenge, you can't challenge that. It's just kind of stupid. You know, it seems like, oh, and then something is obviously wrong to everybody out there, but you can't challenge it. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it just, it just, it, it just kind of just makes it, you scratch your head, you know, and and I say the number of challenges too. Like I said, they just give. I think they get two to two if you win. You you get two, and if you win, you get a third one. I say maybe you get five. I mean, you've dragged it. I know you're dragging TV time on even more and more now. But, but there's a but there's a limit. There's a limit. Like you you've said it. You've come to the right place with the, with this particular observation, Steve. Because that that's exactly what I say. And you'll be you'll be bummed out to find out that that's what Bill Belichick says. Because I know he's being a Ravens fan. He's kind of your mortal enemy. But uh, <laughs> but. But no, he's right. He's right. Yeah. yeah, he's definitely right. Um, uh, college, I don't think is much. I can't think off the top of my head of a of a, of a rule change as much um, that really stands out to me in the last. Do you week, like you know. the Do you like the one foot in? And do you like? I do like, like that. Yeah. I just make. I think it's a differentiator from the pros. I do like that. Um, it just it, it it gives all it gives receivers a uh, better chance for more athleticism to make that crazy one handed catch in the corner. All you have to do is get that one foot down on the sideline. I like that too. I think the pros should steal that because, you know, one versus two, it's not even so much um, that it's let's, let's make it easier. It's it's, but it's easier to call 
because let's face it, the, the refs, we all complain about the calls all the time, as long as if they're going against us. And, you know, that whole two foot down thing, just one foot down makes it easier to call. You, it's it's 50% less feet. Like it, it just is, yeah. right? And so, you know, I don't know if he got the second one down. And so, and then the other thing I like about college is um, the knee down. Once your knee is down. I the, do like that too. Yeah, I about the play is yeah, dead. No matter what. And how many plays have we seen? For some reason, it seems like over the last five or so years in the NFL, where a guy goes down to his knee and we think he's down because we think he's touched down by contact. And then it turns out he wasn't. And he gets up and he starts running and they don't blow the whistle. And now everybody's running and he probably was down by contact. But you know what? Just if your knee's down, you're down. I mean, are we really going to miss anything? Yeah. But I um, think that's a good one. I think the colleges will never... I mean, excuse me, the pros will never go to one foot just because that's the differentiator from one of the main, main differentiators from college football to pro football is that two feet down. Yep. It makes that it's just it's just like a like the pros is a step up in terms of talent level, speed, everything else. It just makes that so much harder for the receivers to have to get both feet down right. on the sidelines or the back of the end zone or whatnot. You know, I, I don't think they're ever going to change that. So unfortunately, yeah, that's, that's why they changed the rule. I believe it was for the Patriots in 2007 when if you caught the ball on the sideline or the, you know, the out of bounds line back in the end zone, you could push the person out. Right. But they would still be declared in if they were look like their feet were going to come down in bounds. Now, of course they change that to where it doesn't matter if they push you, you have to land in bounds with both feet. So, the, yeah. And that, that was, was more of, it became more of a college like black and white rule, yeah. which at first I didn't like because, because inevitably what would happen is you'd see your receiver, make a great catch, get pushed out of bounds and incomplete. And your reaction would be like, "That's not fair." He caught, <laughs> but it's- I mean, it's really it's really to the defender's advantage now. And on uh, for cornerbacks and safeties now, a guy running down the field, I mean, you can almost mug him. Now yeah. you can put your hands all over him, and really, you, know, you really got to do something egregious to get past interference called against you. I mean, there's a lot that they get away with now. Yeah, so, and I mean, and everyone, I don't know if the jury is in or out on the the change last year in the pros with the pass interference being allowed to be challenged. Because because I'm with you, just to finish the thought on, on let them challenge everything. People are like, well, around here, some of the sports radio idiots were kind of like, well, you can't, you can't have a challenge for pass interference because it's so subjective. It's, it's like, you know, you, you, everything's going to look like interference. And it's like, well, the, the refs on the field have to make the play. They have to, they have to make the call. They have to make that judgment. They're, they're, making, they're using all kinds of judgment, too. Why not at least have the benefit of the replay and the replay official can, he doesn't have to say everything's past interference. He can say, well, that was, you know, incidental contact or whatever they call it. Well, but, they make themselves look, they make themselves look bad too. When like last year, when that call, they instituted the rule and the call was only overturned, like what, like 10% of the time. And yeah, it, was, exactly. it was obvious that, that 80% of the calls were made poorly and they were the wrong calls, but they would never overturn them anyway. Which is exactly the way they should use it. You know, you should use it judiciously. There's always going to be some, it's, you know, you got two people touching each other and there were a lot of human body parts and there's a different way. This is, this is, this sounds like it's turning obscene very quickly. I didn't mean for that, but, 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 you know, there's pushes and there's nudges and there's brushes. And so, but you got to make a call, you know, you have good football people making these calls. If they let you call everything, it would make it more interesting because then people would say like, well, 
on every touchdown, then you'd challenge it and say, you know, so-and-so was holding. And it's like, well, you only get three challenges per game or whatever it is. And you can't just say they were holding. You have to say, you know, number 72 was holding. And if it gets called back, then it was, they just made the right call. You know, particularly if, you know, we're still bitter around here about the Super Bowl where Eli threw the, the, the stupid helmet catch with David Tyree in the Super Bowl. And, you know, I mean, listen, they beat us. It was, they deserve, the Giants deserve to win. But on the last, on that play, the, the Patriots um, defensive linemen and linebackers, whoever's rushing, they're getting hugged. They're getting bear hugged by like at the end, the Giants were, and then they let them play. And I get that, but it wouldn't have been such a tragedy if that one got reversed in this reporter's opinion. Anyway, so. Um, he did make a heck of a catch though. I will give him credit for that. You know, he, 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 he made a ridiculous. I, still can't, I still can't believe it to this day that he caught it that way. So. I know it, it, it was. Well, the, the, the Pats, I mean, people hate the Patriots because we're the or in maybe Patriot Nation because we're arrogant and Belichick is a big jerk. There's no doubt about it. And so I, I, I get that. But we've had as much crazy um, stuff go against us as go for us. And that's that's the biggest one that 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 that, that guy made that catch. There was a funny bit that I think Jimmy Fallon did on his show with Justin Timberlake and they were sort of recreating famous moments in sports, but seen from a different angle. And they played to like guys on the sideline who were just, I forget what the circumstances were, but suffice it to say they were chewing gum. And Jimmy Fallon says to Justin Timberlake, where should I spit out my gum? And he said, Oh, just put it on that guy's helmet over there. He never plays. And so so that's why I thought that was pretty clever. That's good. That's like that. That's good. So, Steve, once again, the, the website is justcollegefootball.com, and we can't wait for the podcast. And um, when it comes out, you got to alert me, and I'll alert my listeners to go look for it. But check, just check the website, right? That it'll be, it'll be loudly displayed on the website. I'm going yeah, to display it, and, and once, it's, once I have guests uh, confirmed and when I'm going to start and everything, I'll start to put the information on the website. Um, of course, the rating system all depends on games and how soon we're going to play them. So um, there'll be some other – I write some articles and other stuff I'll put on the website, but as soon as we get closer to the season, usually the preview magazines come out around Memorial day. So, um, so they start to build from there. So I'm hoping to start the podcast and uh, by August 1st at the latest, hopefully by mid July. And, and I know, of course we'll know, we'll know better what, when the season's going to start at that point, um, depend, yeah. you know, depending on what, what the country looks like and how it's affected by the coronavirus. And I know we have a mutual friend in Dave Barron, the insane uh, comedian and um, author of, oh, he's going to kill me, collegehoopshumor.com. Yes. yes. Oh, I got yeah. it right. Okay. And um, because I know you're obsessed with the rankings, Dave, but I hope you don't do what Dave does and, that, and that's create like, you know, 80 to 100 magnets that he puts on his fridge and keeps rearranging based on the, do you do that? No, I do <laughs> Based not. on the rankings. Yeah. No, I do not. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad Dave's the only insane one, but we love him. We love Dave. Um, Steve, thanks so, thanks so much. And for a final time, just collegefootball.com. Check it out. And listen, pray to the football gods and the sports gods, people, that we get football back and we get our other sports back and we get a little normalcy back and you can go to a game and have a hot dog and not wear a mask. That's all I ask, people. It's a dream. Did you have fun, Steve? Yes, I did. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Awesome. 
Um, thank you for listening to the Boston Podcast. If you like this, once again, share it. If you'd like to be a guest on this podcast or if you know someone who needs to be needs to be a guest on this podcast, let's say they're a business owner. We're trying to reach out to business owners and people that want to keep their business, their practice, whatever they do in the news and in the, in the limelight if they are struggling a little bit due to this pandemic nonsense. Email me at david at pod617.com. We'll get you on the show and you'll have an episode that you can share with all your friends. Amaze your friends and be on the Boston Podcast. Uh, on, be- Steve, on behalf of Steve, say your last name again, Steve. I'm just Eagle. Steve Eagle, just like Eagle, but Steve Eagle. The Eagle has landed on behalf of Steve Eagle of JustCollegeFootball.com. My name is Dave. I'm just a guy from Boston. If you're not from Boston, though, you must be the other guy. Enjoy the day, everybody. Pray for football. And if not, just have a beer and a dog. Anyway, see ya. See ya.